Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie. How are you this morning? You know what? I reckon most days I'm actually grateful. Like I was thinking about this on the way here. I was like, when Lyle asked me how I am, I think every day I just feel grateful, even if I'm not saying something specific I'm grateful for. Like okay. just Yeah, just... It's just I always... I always I always look forward to your answers on this one <laughs> because other people that have had co-hosted, like, oh, I'm amazing, oh, it's fantastic, and, and Minnie's always like, well, let me think about that one moment. <laughs> let me share with you what I'm thankful for. Let me tell you the story. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, I'm good, you know. It's just like, yeah, but you could be amazing. I just think life is in the detail. So when people tell me they're good, I'm like, but why? What's the story? I must know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are you thankful for this morning? What am I thankful for? What are you grateful for? You know what I'm actually very thankful for? Um, it sounds very cliche, but the ability to move and do things and go for walks. Because like, yes, I walked down to college and I was like, this is just lovely. And I remember I broke my ankle a few years ago. And I just remember it was I had this moment of being like, I'm never gonna take this for granted again. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, and it was just it just popped into my head again yesterday. I was like, Yeah, you know what? This is lovely. So I'm just very thankful. It's just simple, but just the ability to like freely do things. To move. Yeah. Not everybody has that. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think all of us who do should, you know, we don't know whether we will have that tomorrow. Absolutely. We should be super thankful all the time. Mm. How yeah. are you feeling this morning? Amazing. Hey, just there we go. Incredible. No, just, that's good. Outstanding. Particular reason or just it's just good? Just because, no, no particular reason. Okay, that's all right. Uh, other than the usual. Yes, yeah. That, that God rules in heaven, he rules on earth, he rules in my heart. What else do you need? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, that's amazing right there. It is. No, I concur, absolutely. Uh, what am I thankful for this morning? I'm thankful for lithium this morning. Make cool batteries. They've charged oh, up was, so quick. I was like, lithium? What is lithium? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you make those rechargeable batteries. You know, so much better than the old ones that we used to have when I was a kid. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so uh, let's have some positively different news oh. this morning. Okay. So I know we've had like a lot of conversations, well, good news stories about people getting food over this whole... 2020 life situation and COVID, but in Santiago in Chile, there's a self-proclaimed solidarity Batman and he's doing what he can to make life more bearable. And essentially, it's just a random person who's dressed up as Batman and part of it is you have to wear a mask for COVID and so he decided to go full suit. Part of it is also because he wants to do it anonymously and I'm like, I actually respect that. Not that it's bad to be known. But he's like, no, the point. Okay, but is he like a vigilante like Batman? Basically, he's developing... I can't even speak. Not developing. He's delivering hot meals to the city's homeless population. So he's a hot meal vigilante. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's out there fighting... Fighting hunger. Hunger. Yes, yeah. Every day. (laughs) Every day. In a Batman suit. Yep. So he's got hot meals. He, He stucks up his SUV. That doesn't really mean a lot to me. I just know it's white. But whatever his Sports car is... utility vehicle. It should be black. What's he doing driving a white one? Unbelievable. That's lame. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I just... Someone needs to sponsor this guy a paint job. Yeah, there we go. There we go. But you'd have to know who he was. Mm, mm. That could be challenging. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just appreciate that he says... Um, he knows that the mission is about more than delivering food. So sometimes to nourish the soul, you need a little humour and a few kind words because they can feed people's hearts as well as their stomach. Um, he prefers to keep his identity anonymous, but he says, look around you. See if you can dedicate a little time, a little food, a little shelter, a word of encouragement to those who need it. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. I know. I just, I think this is the coolest thing. I um, When I was a kid, I'm not going to tell you all the details because we were anonymous, but um, we had a little bit of a um, adventure that we continued year after year. And it was always anonymous, and it was almost so much fun. And um, and it was always positively different. It was always positive, always. Every now and then, people weren't too sure if we were just being rat bags, and then they realised, and they're like, "Oh, thanks so much." And it, like part of the joy was that you did it anonymously. You could only tell the friends who had done it with you. You weren't to share it with everyone. And oh man, every time you went and you brought someone new, they're like, oh my days, can we come next year? And we're like, yes, let's do it again. Um, anyway, so it was a lot of fun. Do you still do this? Look, no, because I've moved around in the past few years. I really have no excuse, but basically I just don't have the same connections that I had. It's an excuse, really. But I when don't you, really know you, how to start when, this up when, again. When you, uh, when you, be, when you finish um, graduate and start teaching, mm. is this something you could do with your class? This is something I'd love to do. Okay. I don't know how. I'm so exactly. curious. I want to ask. I was like. <sighs> Maybe off air, off air. It's, like, <laughs> it's not like people probably wouldn't know who are listening, but it's just one of those rules that we made. It's like yes. this stays anonymous. That's right. Um, yeah. That's, because that's it's cool. part of the fun. And yeah. yeah, not that people shouldn't do things and be known. Um, I think there can be something nice in that too. You're like, hey, I know you. Wow. Like. Did you get to dress up as superheroes? Look, we probably could have. We didn't, but we could have if we wanted to. Some people dressed up a little bit, but not fully. But yeah, man, oh, it was. Now now I'm even more curious. (laughs) Um, It wasn't like this, though. Well, see, I think they need to make an on this. They need to make a new Batman movie. Oh, see, and what they need to do is he needs he needs a new Batmobile because he's had lots of different Batmobiles. Uh But this time he needs a truck that he can load it full of uh, food and stuff and and help the uh, help feed the hungry. Mm Hmm. And I just love, look, I don't even know who Batman is, to be honest. Like, I don't watch the things, I don't read the comics. Superhero. Yeah, I know, but that's like all I know about this person. So he could be crazy. But I appreciate that someone is going, let's use something to make people smile as well. Like, let's meet their needs, but also let's bring them a little bit of just like humanity and and like have a little giggle, you know, have a, I don't know what they talk about. Batman's superpower is he's rich. Oh, what? <laughs> That's his only superpower. That's his only superpower. Does he actually do good things with it? Yeah, he does good things. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes you feel better. Well, it, it depends how you define that. It depends oh. how you define that. But yeah, the, the the idea is that he does good things. Oh, okay. Oh, well done him then. Yes. Oh. That's, that's the that's the idea behind. Oh well, yay this guy. Anyway, so I just thought that was a really cool story. Go him. He's probably speaking Spanish to people because he's in Chile. Seems to make sense. Um, but yeah, so that was that story. Then there's another story. Now, I just find this interesting, not because I'm a super sciencey person. I love the idea of it, but I do love pretty exciting nature things. Um, so NASA has been trying to understand more about the, what are they called? Auroras? So, you know, like if you go way north or way south, you have like the pretty like green sky that goes hectic and people want to go look at it. The northern lights. Yes. I think we also have the southern lights. It's just not as fantastic. They're a different shape. They're a different shape. Yeah. But basically, they, they, they are more spectacular in the north. Yeah. Have you ever seen them? Have you been? Oh, not in the north. I've seen them in the south plenty of times. I grew up in Tasmania. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't been to either in person. Unbelievable. But so they, they NASA wants to understand this, and they just haven't had the p- computing ability um, to work it out before, but they're on a mission to unlock some answers. And there is something that they call... Oh, what's it called? Okay, I've written it down. Basically, it's a whole bunch of lights which... Um, almost like in a glowing pearl necklace. Like they're green and they're kind of wondering 
are they connected? Because it always comes before the actual big phenomenal display and they're going, okay, what's the reason? I didn't know this. Those Northern Lights Aurora situations is because of a substorm in space. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yes. Um, anyway, so basically um, they were just explaining that think of it like a lava lamp, like there's an imbalance in the buoyancy of the plasma and all the things. And they have they want to know why, but they've basically worked out that that, that, hold on, let me find where I've written. They're connected to, they're connected to these substorms because it's something to do with how these bands of light are charged by solar particles and for whatever reason they show up. Anyway, this they is not, show up. Yeah, this is not a conclusive thing, but I just found it really cool that they're Okay, like, so basically they haven't yet really fully solved. No, but they're starting. This is like an extra puzzle. And you know when you get curious and no one else is passionate about it, but you're like, we must do the answers. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And so now they're very excited because they've, they've sent out three um, specific spacecrafts um, to get a picture of the broader scope of space and stuff. And... There are a few different – oh, my days. I'm reading this off my screen and my brain forgets where I'm, where I'm at. Anyway, basically, I'll tell you my, there's a I'll tell you my favourite story real quick of the uh, Southern Aurora. Climbing okay. Mount Anne in southwest Tasmania at night oh. with no moon, a crystal clear sky under the lights of the Southern Aurora. Just amazing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us on the phone this morning is Sven, Dr. Sven Erstring. Dr. Sven Erstring, welcome to the show. Good morning, Yalala and Minnie. It's really good to be back on the show. Now, we were kind of uh, looking forward to having you come into the studio this morning, but you're not here. You're sounding a little bit um, a little bit croaky there. We're hoping you haven't come down with the, uh, with the Rona there. No, no, no. Yes, that's absolutely right. I, I certainly um, hope I've got no corona stuff at all happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess this time of the year there's been that that Arctic kind of um, cold spell come through and um, that always brings a little bit of a, a risk of, of coming down with a bit of a cold. So that's I hope that's the case and uh, we'll, we'll soldier on, but um, we'll certainly – uh, take it all very seriously. So that's why I'm not in the studio this morning. Ah, oh, well, we'll be praying for you that uh, that your health stays well, stays uh, well. Your health improves, and that there is no uh, COVID happening in your life. And certainly, we have had a bit of uh, wintergeddon here in the Newcastle region over the weekend. It's been quite um, quite a, a chill blast that has come through. But Doctor Sven, this morning we wanted to uh, talk about, and we always talk about apologetic uh, subjects here together. We want yes. to talk about what did Jesus do on the cross? So we've sort of talked about why Jesus had to die. Let's talk about, you know, mm. what did Jesus actually do? What did he actually accomplish on the cross? Yes. And it's very important for for our our listeners who, who may not have a personal faith at the moment. I mean, you've got some big names, you know, like Christopher Hitchens, who passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago, and also Sam Harris. And uh, what they will say, you know, they'll... They'll look at the, the concept of the cross and they will say that's just a case of cosmic child abuse. That's God, you know, just um, um, sending his son down and, uh, you know, um, beating the life out of him, you know, to, to put it bluntly. And so they, they just say, well, that's, that's just terrible. That's just, just horrible. So, but the question is, okay, well, that, that's their perspective. And, um, 
he does make us stop and think. But what we want to do is, is we want to go and say, okay, well, let's stop at the cross. Let's, you know, just pause to see if we can really understand what God um, did for us. And that's what I'm inviting um, us to do on air this morning. Absolutely, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of questions that come to my mind as soon as you um, talk about the Hitchens and Harris view. I mean, it seems to be a very, very simplistic view to me, but I guess that's because I come from a Christian background. I kind of grew up with this, but I guess people out there who don't come from that background and didn't grow up with it could go, well, maybe they've got a point. Yes, yes. So we want to dive into it. And what the Bible says that, that Jesus did at the cross is um, is that he achieved or he undertook a work of what the Bible calls atonement, which is a it's a combination word in English, which means at one month, which is very similar to, to reconciliation or, or cleansing or renewal, um, just bringing back or um, restoring our relationship with God. And um, John Wesley wrote, um, he made the statement, nothing in the Christian system of ideas and teachings is of greater consequence than the doctrine of the atonement, this teaching of atonement. So that's a pretty powerful um, statement, isn't it? It is. And so what we want to do is we want to, to dive in. So, so people have been thinking about this topic for, for centuries. What does atonement, this, this very specific work that, that Jesus did, what does it actually mean? Now, if you go back all the way, um, far back in, in history, um, there was a, there was this idea that Jesus, um, uh, paid the ransom. It's called the ransom model. So Jesus paid the ransom for us to, to be able to bring us back to God. So the idea there is, that, that we have been enslaved by another tribe, shall I say, um, Satan and his um, evil angels. And, um, and just like, you know, you've got hostages and ransoms and all that kind of stuff, um, what, what God did is he wanted to pay the ransom to bring us um, back. And you have that in the Bible in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Um, it says the Son of Man gave his life as a ransom for, for many. So you actually have that idea coming through um, in there, that, that, that Jesus um, was willing to go down, um, he was willing to enter into the, you know, the, 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 the opposing village, shall I say, mm-hmm. and, and uh, re- redeem us, ransom us from that, um, that co- um, from the, the clutch of the, um, the devil and his angels. And the good thing about this is that um, it really resonates with people who who come from a medieval kind of culture, you know, who who are accustomed to, you know, um, uh, you know, tribal warfare and and these raids, you know, just imagine, um, you know, Satan and his angels come and raid uh, the God's um, people, takes us back captive, and so God needs to come and pay that ransom and bring us back home. Um, so it's a beautiful. You know, model from that perspective. However, there's other models as well. Um, there's there's also the um, the model which which is called the satisfaction model, um, which is um, what Anselm came uh, focused on. So Anselm said, um, when Jesus died on the cross, he satisfied 
the um, the wrath of God, the anger of God um, that God had towards sin and destruction and, and evil. So he kind of took the, the the ransom model and he moved it a little bit closer um, to just between God and us, so, so to speak. Uh, so it's it's kind of um, yeah, just another kind of angle that we could look at the atonement. And then there's another, um, further along, we had Peter Abelard, Abelard and um, he, he said, we need to focus on God's love. We need to focus on the fact that God really loves us. And so he came up with what's called the moral influence theory, which is that, that God in his supreme and incredible love um, sent Jesus down to, to die for us. And as we reflect on on what God did, our hearts are melted, and it just draws us to, to respond. And Romans 5 verse 8 says, and God shows his love for us, that, that Jesus died uh, for us. So, that, so there you have the kind of moral influence uh, theory. And then, uh, so to throw another idea into the mix, yes, uh, yes. we have... We have what we call a Christ, uh, Christ as victim model. And that is that Jesus won a victory over the evil forces at the cross. So there, there was all of these demonic forces. There was Satan and, and through, um, what Jesus did on the cross, he, he gained the victory and, and came out as the, the, the champion, shall I say. And you got that in Colossians 2 verse 15. And think about, you know, if you go back to, um, C.S. Lewis's book, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, right in the middle there, you have um, uh, Aslan, and he goes to that, that stone table, and, and the evil forces tie him up and, and you, know, um, you know, give him a really hard time, beat him, all that kind of stuff. But he comes out victorious. So it's that kind of idea um, that's coming out. But when we move to the Reformation, this amazing um, period of time where we started to go back to the Bible in all of its fullness, what we come up with is uh, what we call a, the penal substitution model. And if we go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter uh, 50, um, 53, uh, we find that there's a very, very clear um, picture there. Um, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement or, or the punishment that brought us peace, and with his wounds we're healed. And so what that's saying is that there is a penalty for sin. The penalty, that's where the penal, um, the penalty for sin is that a, a person who is sinful needs to die. And, and um, God, but God loves us so much that he was willing to send Jesus to, to die on the cross for us, to take that penalty. Um, so, so the penalty has been paid, and then we can have the choice to, to accept the forgiveness that, that has been paid for and, and be redeemed by, um, by God and, and brought into, back into relationship with him. So I guess... You know, put out yeah. you know, there's a number five, of models there. Five big models there, um, uh, Dr. Sven, and all of them you've given us a Bible verse for. So my yes. big question is, which one is the right one? Yes, yes. Well, that, that is a good question. That's a good question. And what I would say is this, 
uh, Lyle and many, I'd say the important thing is that the atonement, what Jesus did for us at the cross, is so amazing, so profound, so deep, that it's kind of like a diamond that, that you, can, you can hold in your hands um, and, and you can start to spin it round or turn it round. And as you do it, um, that, and you hold it up to the light, you, you see all of these dazzling colors and, and flecks of light just bouncing off through the diamond coming through to us. And, and what I would say is this, that all of them, as the Bible has indicated, all of them allow us to capture a, a window into what God has done. So, so that we, you know, if you're a, a, if you're a medieval person and you, you're thinking of, you know, feuds and, and tribal warfare, the ransom just, um, just speaks to your soul. If, if you're a person that, you know, um, you just love the, the incredible love of God that warms your heart, then the moral influence theory, um, can, can speak to you in a powerful way. Um, you know, if you, if you're the, you know, sort of the, guy riding in white armor sort of to, to save the, the princess and to um, conquer all of the, the evil foes. You know, the crisis victor model is really good. And, and so what we have here is a kaleidoscope of all of these. Certainly what I'd say is the penal substitution is, is something that we need to, to keep in mind. It's very, very biblical, very, very um, foundational. And, I guess the, the penal sort of doesn't doesn't sort of resonate, or you know, people say, oh, you know, don't like the penal part of it, you know, particularly with that cosmic child abuse as we were talking about before. But the, the thing is, there is a penalty for sin. Death is the the ultimate penalty, and Christ has paid that penalty. Um, but coming back to our original question in terms of the cosmic child abuse, the most important thing is that that it's not God sending his son um, to die for us in terms of he's sending another person that, that you know, God stays up there and, and um, in heaven and, and Jesus just takes all of the, uh, the beating for our sin and, and the, the, um, uh, the punishment, shall I say. The, the fact is this, is that the Bible says that God in Christ was reconciling himself <clears throat> to to him himself and what it is this is it um we see at the cross god himself stepping into our world it's not cosmic child abuse it's actually him god himself being willing to pay the penalty for our sins and and that is just absolutely beautiful it just blows me away so all of these paint an incredible picture of the work that jesus did on the cross and it goes to show that if we just focus on one particular view of the atonement that there is so much out there, you know, if we, particularly if we focus on it to the exclusion of others, um, we become unbalanced and we miss out on so much that there is to know and understand about the atonement. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and so that's where you get a, the problem, say with penal substitution, you know, there's people who, who say, you know, it's just, um, you know, um, God just beating Jesus for, for our sins. And, and you don't see that. You don't see that. You see, you need to include that incredible love mm. that God has. And, and when you take this fully orbed, this, this kaleidoscopic picture of the atonement, that's when you can start to really um, just just be blown away, just, just be absolutely um, 
amazed at what God was willing to do for us. It's, it's just re- it really is incredible, Lyle. It's just amazing. Well, Dr. Sven Erstring, uh, thank you so much for joining us. One of the clues for our quiz this morning, what book am I, was, you know, this book uh, speaks as much about the gospel as the book of Romans. And uh, thank you so much for bringing us the gospel message this morning here on Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. So it is now. Question of the day. All right. So here we go. It's kind of a two-part question. Does hell exist? And what happens to people born in an environment where they can never hear the gospel? Okay, so this is kind of two questions. And the reason these go together is because of a movie that was put out recently by uh, about a fellow by the name of Carlton Pearson, very famous uh, preacher in the United States, pastors a church of around 6,000 people. Uh, was looking around the world, noted that, you know, there's been a lot of people who have been born in an environment where they could never hear about Jesus Christ, could never hear about the gospel, asked himself the question, you know, say, for instance, I guess he's, uh, he's American, so take uh, indigenous Americans, you know, born, say, 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago in America, they ha- they have no possibility whatsoever at all of hearing about the gospel. So what happens to them? Are they burned eternally just because of the geographical circumstances under which they were born? Now, he came to the natural conclusion that that would not be just, that a God of love would never do that. And so his solution to that was to say that hell does not exist. Nobody's going to hell. Everybody's being saved. Well, the problem with going down that particular path is the Bible actually has a lot to say about hell. In fact, the, word, the, the concept of hell is mentioned 54 times in the Bible. So what are you going to do with all 54 verses? Are you just going to delete those verses from the Bible? That would be a major challenge. And the Bible says some very, very specific things about hell. So you can't get rid of hell. All right, then how do you deal with God's justice? Is God completely unjust? Does God, you know, completely ignore or does, you know, he torture and burn people just because of where they were born? This is a very, very good question, a very, very valid question, and one that Christians don't often think about, but we need to think about. Okay, we might not have time to answer all of these questions today, but if we go to Zechariah, the answer is found right here. Zechariah has a prophecy in which Zechariah sees a group of people that are in heaven. And when they are in heaven, they come to Jesus and they don't know who he is. And they're asking him about who he is. And in Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 6, the Bible says, One shall say unto him, What are these wounds in your hands? Then he will answer, Those which with which I was wounded, in the house of my friends. And so these people, when they come to Jesus and they meet Jesus in heaven, they have so little understanding of the gospel, so little understanding of the gospel, that they don't even know who Jesus is and they just sort of wandering around heaven like, where are we, what's going on? They see a guy with scars. He's the only person with scars. And so they kind of have to ask the question, how did you get the scars? Who are you? And they hear the gospel for the very, very first time from Jesus Christ. Somebody actually te- texted in to mention that the Holy Spirit was in America long before 
Jesus came to America through the gospel. And that's what you find in Romans chapter 2. So if you go over to Romans chapter 2, you find how Paul identifies exactly how people who have never, ever heard the gospel experience salvation. And you'll find that starting in about verse 11 thereabouts, I think it is. Let me just turn over there very quickly. Romans chapter 2, and we're probably going to time out on this one. Uh, yeah, so it's in, in verse 11. God is no respect of persons. As many have sinned without the law, perish without the law. Those who have sinned with the law, judged by the law. doesn't matter whether you have the law or not. If you've sinned, then you are under judgment. For when the Gentiles which do not have the law do by nature, in other words, they keep the law, uh, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves which show the work of the law written in their hearts. How does that happen? That happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how those people are saved. They are saved because they follow the Holy Spirit in everything that he does because God reaches out to every single person in different ways. Our job is to lead people to Jesus Christ the best way to find salvation. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.